today's episode of the Keto Camp Podcast, we have a special episode diving deep into my favorite topic, ancient healing strategies. Here we go. Your symptoms are a beautiful gift from your innate intelligence, your body's check engine light. The illiterate of the 21st century are not those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and then relearn. A lot of what we've been taught is usually the complete opposite of what's gonna get us well. When you are in ketosis, it's a stress, hormesis, that actually signals to your mitochondria, the ketones do, to make more mitochondria. It's called mitogenesis. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I wanna thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. Thank you so much for pressing play today. We are gearing towards episode 600. Wow, it's been quite the ride, and uh, I'm so grateful that you continue to show up, or hey, if it's your first time with us, welcome. We release a episode on the show every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and sometimes Saturday, like today's episode. So there's a lot of content. We've interviewed some of the best in the world multiple times, and we're committed to continue getting out the content. So thank you for being there. Today's episode is special. I recently presented a keynote lecture at Hybrid Health Summit 2023 in beautiful Miami, Florida. It was great because I didn't have to fly. I just drove there from my house since I live in Miami. (laughs) So I love when I get to speak at conferences in South Florida because it doesn't require me traveling too much. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the airport stuff. So anyways, I was excited to chat or to speak at this conference because I got to share the stage with the GOAT, Dr. Pampa, my mentor who's been on the show so many times. As a matter of fact, um, his episode, we did a recording together uh, during the same weekend of the conference at his hotel in South Beach. And uh, it was an incredible conversation. That's a podcast interview coming out in a couple days this Monday. So stay tuned for that. So this conference was amazing. The It was hosted by my friend Vince Pitsick, who's in our Platinum Practitioner Group. We were just together in Nashville uh, at a regenerative farm last week, and it was a lot of fun. And he put on this conference. He's he, he owns the Metabolic Mentor University. And oh my gosh, this was their first event, and they, they, they knocked it out of the park. They had speakers like Shaquille O'Neal, yes, the basketball player, the TNT analyst, the business owner, Shaquille O'Neal. They had other uh, incredible speakers, such as Phil Heath, who is a uh, world Olympian, Chris Bumstead, world Olympian, and other incredible speakers as well. So I was honored to share the stage with them. And my lecture was all about ancient healing strategies. Vince wanted me to come in there and talk about ketosis and fasting and epigenetics versus genetics. So here's what um, I discussed. And by the way, you're getting the full lecture right here on today's episode I hired a videographer to record everything, and today's episode is a result of that. So what I discuss during this 45-minute keynote lecture is the difference between chasing symptoms versus getting to the root cause. Very, very important to focus on the root cause and to look at symptoms from a different lens, the lens of this is a good thing, this is my body communicating with me. This is a check engine light. Let's figure out what is the cause. And then I get into ketosis and why I believe it is not a diet, but a metabolic process and what it does to harness DNA intelligence, create more mitochondria, the problem with vegetable oils. And of course, we got into my favorite part of the lecture, which is the subconscious mind versus the conscious mind. The most important supplement to take on ketosis, on keto, which is vitamin G, And the number one health tip that I would give the masses, wait until you hear the story about the placebo and the nocebo effect. And here's a special thing that we did 
um, the day of the the day that I spoke at the conference, which was a Friday, Dr. Pompa spoke the same day, and I drove him home. Oh, I drove him to his hotel since I had my car, and we stopped at Publix. Publix is a supermarket in Southeast United States. It's very popular in Florida, so it's a supermarket, and we stopped there because he he needed to buy some food for his dogs and he travels with his dogs with his wife merrily all everywhere they go you've probably seen him at conferences with their dogs so he needed to buy some grass-fed beef so we stopped at Publix and we were shopping for just simply grass-fed beef before I dropped him off at the hotel and it came to my attention I had a realization that the Publix we were at the supermarket we were at is the same exact supermarket that I would take my father to every Tuesday every single Tuesday for years when he was sick with diabetes. Same exact one, um, right off right off of uh, A1A, no, right off of Alton Road and South Beach is, is the Publix that I'm referring to, right by my high school, Miami Beach Senior High. And, it, and it, I just started thinking, wow, I remember the list of foods, we're gonna call them foods, although they're not really foods, they're Franken foods, but the list of foods food-like products that my dad's doctors would give me as a recommendation to manage his diabetes. Gatorade Zero, Fiber One Bars, Crystal Light, and others that I don't remember. But I I was sharing this with Dr. Pompa as we were shopping at the supermarket, and he said, we have to record a video. You have to share this. So I'm going to play for you that video that we recorded. It's a really quick video, but I want you to hear that conversation. And then we'll get into the episode. So here is that conversation from Publix. All right, so I'm at the grocery store with Dr. Pompa. Hey. And what are we doing here? All right, well, actually, <laughs> buying 100% grass-fed meat for my dogs. 100% but, grass-fed, but yeah. you said to me, you know what? This is the exact grocery store. I'd come here and get the stuff that the doctor told my father to get for his diabetes. Yeah, And correct. I said, what was that? This was one of the products right here right? Yes, it was. Yeah. So I was telling you uh, that this is the exact uh, Publix here in Miami that when I w- my dad was sick 2013 with diabetes, get you in there. Uh, I had a list of printout from the doctor saying he should have Gatorade Zero, which is right there behind me, Fiber One bars, all this processed junk. And he ended up getting worse and worse and worse. So it made me think it's like information is one thing, but the that the wrong information could lead you down a bad path and that's exactly what happened to my dad and um, we didn't take ownership i didn't take ownership and now i understand that um and i i know better and i want better for you because this is not the stuff we give diabetics i'm just looking at the amount of chemicals that are in there right and that was a food that was recommended by a doctor to someone who had diabetes uh, not to mention, I don't, even, I don't even know what other foods they were telling you to get, but I'm, I'm sure it wasn't healthy food. Because it had zero yeah. sugar. Yeah, exactly. But it has a whole Loaded bunch of chemicals. chemicals. Yeah, yeah I, I, there's, I was preparing a talk, and I, I was reminding myself of some studies that the estimates of 80-some percent of diabetes is more toxin-related. 80-something percent? Yeah. yeah, because you have to understand, toxins drive autoimmune, yeah. which is a large part of diabetes, right? So your body's own immune system is literally attack, attacking the receptor uh, to insulin, the insulin, yeah. right? Um, and so, so much of it is driven, obviously, toxins drive inflammation in the cell, which creates insulin resistance as well. So when you consider the autoimmune, you consider insulin resistance driven by toxins, <clears throat> yeah, 80-some percent. That's why some people go, that's why my diet, I changed my diet, I'm still not able yeah. to down my sugar and could be a toxic reason. You look at a product like that, it's loading someone up with it more is. toxins. Yeah, I can see it right uh, there. Yeah, and you know, you look at the kids today, and, I mean, look at these foods, you wouldn't believe, I mean, the amount of chemicals, yeah. you know, that are in the foods that yeah. people are eating. It's not just chemicals that, oh yeah, you know, they don't make me feel good. No. These are chemicals that are driving hormone resistance in general. Yeah, if you think about it, it's like the, the stuff we see here, the processed food, gets you sick, and then what do they have in yeah. the back of the, the supermarket, in the back of the pharmacy, they have the pharmacy. They give yeah. you the medication oh, yeah. that gets right, you sick right for the food you eat yeah. in the front. Absolutely. The, the pharmacy's right back there. Here, this this product, just off the shelf, aspartame. It's an excitotoxin. Yeah. Literally, it's an excitotoxin for your brain, and we, we know that it drives brain inflammation, for one thing. Um, there is some things you can't even pronounce, and then there's the red dye, uh, red 40, 
blue number one, those are excitotoxins, right? So kids with ADHD, right, they come off the chain with that. Even kids that don't have become hyperactive, but again, it's, it affects all of us. This, uh, I, I don't know if you know the pseudofoam potassium, but yeah. that is, that's also um, an artificial, Yeah, and it's yeah. an artificial sweetener. Yeah. And, uh, but so. there's zero sugar, so you might lose weight because there's zero, like low yeah. calories, but it's not all about that. It's about the response yeah. of the chemicals in your body. It's a shame. It's like I walk these aisles and I look at it's a packaged food country. I mean, we're eating out of packages, yeah. plastics that leach and cause hormone disruption, which is a whole nother topic. But I, I see this and this is not life. We're not meant to eat this way as human beings. It's amazing to me that the human, I mean, it's, it's, it's a Incredible and a testament to the human body. We take so yeah, many it's hits true. and it we keep true. going. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank this guy you have to keep educating y'all. So, and by the way, you crushed it today. Thank you. He did one of the best talks I've ever seen him do. Wow. Um, with just uh, and finished with gratitude in the mind, the power of mind. I actually literally uh, uh, one of the studies he said on placebo effect the power of mindset i said was that real you say it was real yeah it was real thank you and he crushed it too this is the guilt right there thank you dr papa (laughs) there you have it you know it's 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 sickening really and it's criminal the fact that this is still happening to this day and i'm not blaming doctors it's the system it is a sick care system the truth is this a cured patient is a lost customer and unfortunately i didn't understand that until after i lost my dad and hopefully you are getting this message before so you can be proactive and not reactive. Before we get into the conversation, not even a conversation, but the lecture, I want to acknowledge today's Apple Podcast rating and review of the day. This is a five-star review from Stacy D titled, So Glad I Found Ben. I found Ben through another podcast, Biohacking with Melanie Avalon. I love Melanie, by the way. She's awesome. What a joy to listen to. I went right out and bought his book, Keto Flex, and I'm loving it. I'm geeking out big time. My favorite quote of his is, you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. That is right, Stacy. You are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. Thank you so much for tuning into the show and getting the book. I'm so glad that Melanie um, recommended, well, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you listened to my interview on Melanie's podcast, and we had an incredible podcast conversation, so go listen to Melanie Avalon's podcast. She has a couple intermittent, on intermittent fasting and biohacking. Uh, so I, I'm so grateful for that, Stacy. Thank you for listening and for taking the time to leave that rating and review. A quick heads up, I'm going to be hosting a free keto masterclass training on May 12th at 12 p.m. Eastern time. That's just in a few days. This is a brand new training. It's, com- it's live. It's completely free. Every guest will get PDF downloads for meal plans, grocery shopping lists, and we're going to debunk keto, meaning we're going to dive deep into how to make keto work for you, whether you're dealing with diabetes or thyroid conditions or you're postmenopausal, premenopausal, or a man. We're going to talk about all of that. I'm going to get into four secrets to mastering keto. You're not going to want to miss this. So you can get your free ticket, your free spot if you go to ketosismasterclass.com, ketosismasterclass.com. Get registered, and I'll see you Friday, May 12th at 12 p.m. Eastern. We'll have a 24-hour replay available for the training as well. Okay, here is the lecture from the Hybrid Health Summit 2023. Enjoy. First of all, big round of applause for Vince and the entire organization that put this on. It's amazing. Big round of applause. Love his energy. I got to follow up his energy. He's a Tony Robbins guy. I am too. I'm going to be talking about the amazing innate intelligence. What exactly is it? Where is it? And how can we use ancient healing strategies? You learned a few about them from Dr. Pompa this morning, fasting, ketosis. But I am not the traditional keto type of teacher that you're going to learn today. Like you learned this morning, we teach diet variation and flexing in and out. So let's get right into this. I love this quote. Einstein said it. A long time ago, intellectuals solve problems, geniuses prevent them. Would you agree that the best way to live about your life is to be proactive, not reactive? Would you agree? Raise your hand. I know all of you are living this life of a genius because you're here to learn. Testing. Testing. Because you're here to learn. 
It's Friday, it's Miami, and you're learning about health. So I know that you're being proactive. But let's talk about the problem. Some of these stats were mentioned this morning from Dr. Pampa. Here are the current stats, sickening statistics out there. One in three women are diagnosed with cancer in America. For men, one in two. 60% of Americans are diabetic or pre-diabetic. And you heard it from Dr. Pampa this morning, by the year 2032, one in two children are projected to be born on the autism spectrum. Harvard put out this article estimating, projecting by the year 2030, 50% of the adult population will be classified as obese. Not just overweight, but obese. We're not going to let that happen, are we? We're going to put a dent in that, right? That's why we're here this weekend. So why is disease on the rise? For example, somebody who's in the hospital, a patient who has cancer going through chemotherapy in their hospital bed, they're given food that looks like this. And would you say that the same food, this type of frankenfood given to cancer patients in the hospital is the same food that might increase inflammation which led them there in the first place? What about this? When we go to hospitals, we see fast food restaurants that they allow in hospitals. Doctors are taking breaks from treating their patients to eat fast food. Patients are taking break for, breaks from their treatment to go eat fast food. How many of you have seen this Tufts University food compass? Raise your hand. Okay, so half of you have seen it. Dr. Darius Mosafarin, who runs the Tufts University um, Nutrition Academics a part of that college, they came out with this chart right here. And by the way, I want you to keep in mind, this doctor is working with President Biden to implement this as a new food rating system, meaning they'll put this with the FDA, they'll rank this and put this on food that we buy from the grocery store. But let's check this out. This came out last year. They put frosted mini wheats, unsweetened almond milk, chocolate covered almonds, honey nut Cheerios, all in green, and you can see at the bottom there, that's to be encouraged. You should eat that, and your family should eat that. If we go down below, we see Lucky Charms scored a 60, but let's go all the way down to the bottom. Ground beef, eggs, and butter. They're saying that ground beef and butter is worse than Lucky Charms. So here's what I always tell people, because I'm always asked, how do you cut through all the noise with all the confusion, keto, paleo, carnivore, calorie counting. I say, the best thing to do, pay attention to what the government is telling you to eat and do the complete opposite. You just turn this upside down, you're going to be healthier. Human beings are the only species smart enough to create their own food and dumb enough to actually eat it. Would you agree these frankenfoods, highly palatable? Yeah. And they're brilliant people, brilliant scientists designing these foods to be highly pal palatable. The truth is this, a cured patient is a lost customer. The system is broken. I have so much respect for every doctor, every practitioner, conventional doctors. It's not their fault. The system is broken. And when we, a cured patient is a lost customer. And if you treat your health casually, we end up a casualty. So at the beginning, I gave that quote of Einstein, we want to be proactive. We want to treat our health with priority. So let's talk a little bit about Symptoms versus root cause chasing. I'm going to give an analogy or a story about the typical patient or client that might come into your clinic or reach out to you. Let's say this person, last night they had an entire pizza followed by an entire pineapple. They had two slices of cheesecake, spaghetti and meatballs, 200 prunes, 50 strawberries, a pound of cheese, and they're like, I heard about sauerkraut. It has good bacteria. So they threw in two cups of sauerkraut. She wakes up the next morning, what does she have? Symptoms, right? She has indigestion, acid reflux, she's bloated. So the average person, they're going to call their medical doctor or their medical uh, conventional practitioner, health practitioner, and make an appointment saying, doc, I have this symptom, that symptom, acid reflux, bloating. And the average conventional doctor or practitioner is going to hear that and say, no worries. Here is a medication for an antacid, anti-flatulence, five other medications, go to Walgreens, pick it up, you're gonna feel better. But let me ask you all this. Are those symptoms the problem or are they feedback mechanisms from the body? Feedback. feedback. 
We have been brainwashed to believe that your symptom, your disease, your diagnosis is evil and we should hate it. When the truth is, your symptoms are a beautiful gift from your innate intelligence. It's your body's check engine light. Thank God we have a check engine light. Otherwise, we would be driving blindly. But the conventional doctor, if she would have just asked the patient, what did you eat last night? Then she could have found out that is the cause of all your symptoms. Remove the interference, let the body heal itself. So we need to, I know you understand this, but the general population needs to understand that symptoms are a gift from your innate intelligence. If you're taking notes, symptoms are a gift from your innate intelligence. The illiterate of the 21st century are not those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and then relearn. A lot of what we've been taught is usually the complete opposite of what's going to get us well. There's two types of people that I see out there that come to me. We have 97% of the population who are looking for shortcuts, band-aids, fad diets, chasing symptoms. Instead of living 70 years, they live one year 70 times, going through the motions, tiptoeing their way through life, hoping to land safely on death's door, unhappy, unhealthy. On the right side, we have the three percenters who understand cause and effect, who understand we don't want to chase symptoms, we want to figure out what the cause is. It's a lifestyle change, not a fad diet. A three percenter gets diagnosed with terminal cancer, their doctor says to them, hey, you have terminal cancer, you have six months to live. A three percenter looks at that doctor and says, who are you to play God? Your ability to help me is terminal, and they go on to heal themselves. Let me ask you this. How many of you consider yourselves a three percenter? Yes. It's Friday in Miami. You're learning about health. You're damn right you're a three percenter. So let's talk about the innate intelligence. I'm going to tie this into ketosis. And the last 10 or 12 minutes of my lecture today is probably the most important. So I really encourage you to make sure you're here for that last part, if nothing else. But the innate intelligence. For many, many years, a lot of doctors thought that the intelligence within your body was your genetics, that your genes are your destiny. Oh, Henry, I'm sorry, you know, I know that you are diagnosed with can uh, cancer. It's because your, your parents had cancer, and it's just bad luck, or type 2 diabetes, or whatever it is. Now, we understand we cannot change our genes. That is true. But what can we do? We have the ability to change the expression of them. Dr. Pompa talked about that. It's the, one of the legs of the three-legged stools. So. I love Dr. Bruce Lipton. How many of you have heard of Dr. Bruce Lipton? Yeah, some of you have. He has a great book called The Biology of Belief, and I've interviewed him on my Keto Camp podcast, but he challenged the notion that your genes were your destiny, that the innate intelligence, he wanted to show you with studies that the innate intelligence was not in your genetics. It's somewhere else. So what did he do? Put it on the screen here. He had looked at cells, and he removed the DNA nucleus, and observe what would happen next. If the intelligence was the DNA, the cells would go into apoptosis, they would die. But something happened where the cells went on to function for months, just fine. So then he thought, okay, if it's not the DNA that's running the show, maybe it's the cell membrane, the lipid bilayer around that cell, around all 70 trillion cells. He removed it, instant death. Removed it, instant death. Because the innate intelligence is in that membrane. The membrane is the bodyguard of your cells. You learned it this morning if you watched Dr. Pompa. Good things get in, bad things get out. And the membrane determines all of that. And if there's too much membrane inflammation, the hormones are not going to be heard. The message is not heard. And then the toxins, the free radicals get built up. The gene gets triggered. So here's the question. What is the cell membrane made of? Fats. Lipid bilayer, protein, saturated fat, and cholesterol. The three bad words our doctor tells us, the three bad things our doctor tells us to avoid. It's the membrane we want to support. And here's how it works. Dr. Bruce Lipton calls it the membrane because it's running the show. We have the receptor sites, the integral membrane proteins that are receiving signals. It's like a beautiful orchestra within your body. So epigenetics in a nutshell, an environmental stimulus binds to the cell membrane, chemical reaction inside the cell reaches the nucleus, a gene becomes expressed as a protein. That could be an inflammatory protein 
or an inflammatory protein depending on that environmental stimulus. We see a lot of people these days saying that obesity is a genetic disease, is a genetic problem. There was a woman from the government on 60 Minutes just a couple months ago saying if you're obese, it's not your fault, it's your genes. I think that puts people in a victim mindset and it doesn't allow them to take responsibility. And here's an example, I don't know if you've seen this study. Two identically genetic mice, one of them was introduced to a toxin, the other one not, BPA. The one that was introduced to this toxin actually became obese. The other one that was not was skinny and lean and healthy. How could it be if they have the same genes, environmental stimulus? That was the difference. And this could be nutrition, it could be with your thoughts, of course it's with toxins, but epigenetics is what runs the show. And like Dr. Pompa always says, if you want to get well, you got to fix the cell. How many of you watched Dr. Pompa this morning? Give that man a big round of applause. I call him the GOAT, the greatest of all time. He is the greatest of all time in terms of health educators, the Michael Jordan of health educators. I, I'm biased because he's my mentor, but I was saying it before I knew him. If you want to get well, you got to fix the cell. How does keto, ketones, play into this? The mighty mitochondria, very important. We have a basic understanding that the mitochondria are these energy power plants. They take energy, glucose, fatty acids, amino acids, and it produces an energy currency called ATP. We all learned that in, in high school or in college, but there's a dual role to the mitochondria called the cell danger response, meaning the mitochondria don't, they're not just mindless energy producers. There's an intelligence to your mitochondria. Your mitochondria also have a membrane, by the way, just like the cells. But the mitochondria are a surveillance system. And when they have identified too many threats, all for the sake of survival, it goes into this cell danger response where it lowers energy production. How many of you have clients dealing with long COVID symptoms? Half of you or so. Yeah, that's a cell danger response. The mitochondria get locked into the cell danger response, all for the sake of survival. So what we want to do is eliminate cellular threats. And how full your stress bucket is, is going to determine what spills out. And you learned that this morning. So the mitochondria are very important, not just with long COVID clients, but with overall health and longevity. It's estimated by the year, by the age 70, 70% 70 of mitochondria is damaged and lost. So we want to use ancient healing strategies to elim eliminate these cellular threats. That's where keto comes into play. And I want to make one thing clear. I love keto. It's one tool out of many tools. I'm very non-dogmatic. As a matter of fact, we've spoken at some low-carb conferences, and they didn't like our message of flexing in and out. They think you got to be low-carb forever, and I don't agree with that. And we believe in diet variation, but it's a very important tool. And I'm going to debunk a lot of uh, myths around ketosis. Now, obviously, which option is going to get you farther? The one on the left we'll call glucose, or the one on the right we'll call ketones. The reason I show this is because when we just look at the electron transport chain, one molecule of glucose will get you about 32 to 36 ATP units. One molecule of ketones gets you 400% more energy. 400% more energy. Your mitochondria is pumping out 400% more energy. That's why a lot of people feel incredible when they get into ketosis. Well, when they transition and become keto adapted, especially their brain, which is loaded in mitochondria. When you are in ketosis, it's a stress, hormesis, that actually signals to your mitochondria, the ketones do, to make more mitochondria. It's called mitogenesis. And there's a mitophagy going on as well. That's where you get the 400% increase in energy from fat. So you've heard fat burns clean, sugar burns dirty. There is some truth to that. Because when a cell is only burning sugar, somebody who's eating high carbs every two to three hours, most Americans, there's a lot of free radicals being produced. That membrane gets inflamed, and it's like having one firefighter that has to keep up with an entire building that's on fire. It's not, he's not going to be able to keep up with the, the free radicals, the fire. But when you're in ketosis and you do it right, it's like having a fleet of the Miami police 
our fire department on call 24-7 whenever there's a fire, whenever there's smoke to go and put it out. I put four studies right there that all show what ketones could do to raise glutathione, reduce inflammation. So if you want to go check out those studies, you could also um, get all my slides if you email me support at ketocamp.com. Camp with the K, I'm happy to give you all my slides. Ketones do something really unique where those ketones signal to your mitochondria to uncouple. And the analogy that I got from Dr. Gundry is a pressure cooker. When you cook food in a pressure cooker, you have all the steam built up. Think of the steam as reactive oxygen species, free radicals when your cells produce energy. Every pressure cooker has a release valve to get rid of excess steam. Your mitochondria have a similar release valve and ketones actually tell the mitochondria to uncouple and release the steam, free radicals. So who do you want protecting your cells? McLovin from Superbad or uh, the Secret Service, right? Ketones are far more protective. When a cell is uh, burning ketones, it's great for detoxification purposes. Here's where I want to get into some myths regarding ketosis. There's nothing new about keto. Burning fat is our primal birthright. Babies that are breastfed are in ketosis. Breast milk has saturated fat and cholesterol. Yeah, there's sugar, Ben, how is that possible? Well, the baby is so efficient at using that sugar, it goes in and out of ketosis. Why is the question? Well, the brain, it's very important to develop the brain at this time. The brain loves fat, the brain loves ketones. So it's very important for the neurological development of that baby's brain. Those are three studies that show this is the case. Henderson said in 2008, throughout much of human evolution, ketosis likely served as a valuable survival mechanism to fuel brain metabolism during times of food scarcity, stress. Hence, in some ways, the modern diet could be considered keto deficient. How many of you have seen this study from 2008, uh, 2018, excuse me, New University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill? Anybody see this? Okay, this is alarming, a couple of you. 10-year study, 8,000-plus people, their goal for, with this study was to determine how healthy or how unhealthy are American adults. Here is their conclusion. 12% of American adults are metabolically healthy, meaning 88% are not. This is before COVID. You think it got better or worse after COVID? It got worse. I'm gonna rewrite this and say 88% of American adults are in a keto deficiency. They really need this process. It could really help 88%, probably more. Keto is not a fad diet. Ketosis is a metabolic process, not even a diet. We don't even teach it like a diet, we teach it as a metabolic process that we've forgotten to use. That's the real fad diet, the standard American diet. Ketosis has been around forever. This is the new boy around the block. And there's studies, that, and if you're offended by the shirt, I'm sorry, but there's some studies, there's a lot of studies, and you can look at them there, that it raises glutathione, repairs the mitochondria membrane, turns on the CERT1 gene, a lot of information on that. I'm not, I don't have time to get into every study, but I want to talk about insulin resistance and diabetes. How many of you work with any patient or client that is insulin resistant or type 2 diabetic? Keep the hands up. Okay, you can put them down. That's the majority of the room. I'm, I'm not surprised by that, but let's talk about the truth around insulin resistance and diabetes, because if your client is going to the American Diabetes Association website, what's it going to tell them? That type 2 diabetes is a chronic progressive disease, and while you cannot reverse it, we could help you manage it. Is that the truth? B bullshit, right? Complete bullshit. But let's talk about it. How much sugar can the body hold? In the average adult, in the entire bloodstream, four grams of sugar, which is one teaspoon in the entire bloodstream in the average adult, one teaspoon. We could store sugar in our sugar reserves called glycogen stores, many of you know that. The liver stores about 25 to 30 teaspoons of sugar. And then depending on how much muscle you have, mo most of you probably can store more because you're more muscular here, uh, 100 teaspoons of sugar in skeletal muscle. So now we understand that, let's talk a little bit about how much teaspoons in sugar and different foods? Jamba juice. How many do you think teaspoons of sugar? 20 teaspoons. Yeah, you got it. You said it? Oh, you said it? Good job. 
99 grams of sugar, 20 teaspoons. Okay. How many in two servings of Lucky Charms? 12 teaspoons, okay? A lot, but not as much as the Jamba Juice acai bowl, and I used to have a problem with acai bowls when I started eating them back in the day. Quaker Oats, oatmeal. Don't get offended if you eat oatmeal, but 10.4 teaspoons in two servings. Orange juice, 10.4 teaspoons in two cups. Okay, we get the picture. This adds up, especially with the average American eating over 400 grams of carbs per day and eating throughout the entire duration of the day. So here's the analogy. What would happen if I put headphones on and I opened up Spotify and I listened to The Killers, my favorite rock band, and I listened to The Killers nonstop every day at let's say 50% volume, but I never take off the headphones. Day in, day out. At night, I'm falling asleep with it. Three weeks later, that 50% volume sounds like it's like down at 20%, right? Because I'm just nonstop listening to music. So I'm losing the sensitivity. So instead of taking the headphones off, I just increase the volume to 80%. And then eventually months later, 100%. What's happening to me? I'm going deaf to the screams of the music. What's happening to people who are eating high carbs and sugar all day long? Well, the insulin receptor sites are the headphones that need to hear the message, and your beta cells are the music, the volume of the music. So if you think about the amount of sugar we're eating and the frequency of it, we keep shouting, the, uh, the pancreas keeps shouting at your cells, insulin keeps coming into the bloodstream to deliver the glucose into your cells because your body only wants one teaspoon of sugar in the bloodstream, and we become deaf, or we become insulin resistant, we become type 2 diabetic. So what's the solution? If this is the cause, what is the solution? Dial down the music. And that's where keto and fasting come into play. It's like taking the headphones off, gaining your sensitivity back. Because we know keto and fasting are two powerful ancient healing strategies to lower glucose and insulin, which was the cause in this scenario. I'm not gonna talk about fasting, but Pampa talked about it this morning. I'm gonna talk about ketosis, especially as it relates to type diabetes. Here's a great study that was a six-month study, 1,357 participants. At the six-month mark, low-carb diets, the keto diet, compared to the control diet, achieved 57% remission, higher remission of patients at the six-month mark. This was followed up by a one-year mark, and it showed those doing a low-carb diet lowered their A1C to less than 6.5, which is the a point where they tell you you're type 2 diabetic, and they did it between 42 and 69% of the participants. It's a pretty high success rate. Two-year rate showed on a low-carb diet, 53% reversal, 17% remission, meaning no medication. These are really high percentages with diabetes and the reversal of it. Here's a list of similar drug trials that show the same effectiveness. There's no drug that has anything close to the power of those studies that I just showed you when it comes to keto reversing diabetes. There's not one out there. They would be all over keto. They wouldn't have headlines saying it's gonna give you a heart attack if they could put it into a pill, if they could put fasting into a pill. You can't. So what do you do? You tell people it's not good for you. I've noticed a lot of people have issues with caffeine, especially caffeine in coffee. Now, don't get me wrong. I love myself a cup of quality coffee, but the truth is I've seen so many of my Keto Camp Academy students have a glucose spike from caffeine, knocking them out of fasting or creating some digestive issues, bloating, and most commonly, jitters and irritability. We know excessive caffeine and caffeine sensitivity can cause adrenal problems, which has a lot of negative effects. It makes you more dependent on the caffeine and it puts you in this sympathetic fight or flight state. And for a lot of people, that is problematic. Everyday Dose solves the problem of regular coffee while drastically building on its benefits with added supplements. What I love about Everyday Dose, it's low acidity, cold extracted coffee, and a micro dose of caffeine blended with collagen protein, functional mushrooms, and nootropics, which will improve your focus, your energy, and your immunity. I just feel different in a really 
good way when I have everyday dose versus regular coffee. And I want you to experience the same. So if you want to check out Everyday Dose, head over to everydaydose.com slash Ben and use the coupon code KETOCAMP. You're going to get an extra five on the go dose travel pack to take with you anywhere you go. I take these travel packs with me and it is a game changer because when I'm traveling, it's hard to find, first of all, a clean cup of coffee, but almost impossible to find coffee with these functional ingredients. So head over to everydaydose.com slash ketocamp. Use ketocamp to get your bonus gift or click the link in the podcast notes down below. So I'm going to share with you a couple of principles to keto and then I have the most important part coming up at the end here. Why keto isn't working for you or your client and what to do about it. How many of you know Dr. K. Shanahan? Deep nutrition author? See one? Okay. Yep. So Dr. K. Shanahan has a great book called Deep Nutrition. It's a nutrition classic. I recommend it. She was Kobe Bryant's nutritionist with the Los Angeles Lakers when Kobe Bryant used to play. She's also a dear friend of mine. I've interviewed her several times. I asked her the question, Dr. Kate, three scenarios. Which one is going to cause disease faster? Scenario number one, somebody smokes cigarettes every day. Scenario number two, they eat processed sugar every single day. Scenario number three, they eat seed oils every single day. What's the answer? I asked her, she laughed at me and she said, that's such an easy question, Ben. It's the seed oils. She said, of course, smoking is not good for you. But once you finish the last puff, the damage is done. Eating a whole bunch of sugar is not good for you. I just showed you that. But you could build muscle, you could burn it off. There's things you can do. These seed oils called linoleic acid, omega-6 fats, do you know how long they stay in your body? The half-life? How, how long do you think the half-life is? Meaning, if you remove them today, half of them will still remain in your body how much later? What do you think it is? Two years is the most accurate. Five to seven is the total, but yeah, it's 680 days, two years. That's why she says they are worse than sugar and smoking because they gunk up, for lack of a better scientific word, gunk up the cell membranes, the mitochondria membrane, creating inflammation, low-grade chronic inflammation. I'm not gonna have time to show this video, but go on YouTube later and type in how canola oil is made and show this to all your clients. Use it as a video to post on social media to get some good views, but it shows you the disgusting processing of these seed oils. The detergents, the high heat, it's just a chemical shitstorm, essentially. And here are some studies that show why they're so bad for you. Polyunsaturated fats, persistent oxidative stress, often involving enhanced peroxidation of PUFAs in the membrane, are known to enhance the development of malignant diseases. Thus, the cancer-causing process could be initiated and or accelerated by lipid peroxidation-induced DNA and protein damage. This showed that linoleic acid, the omega-6 fats, increased endothelial dysfunction and inflammatory marker expressions, and that diabetics have more linoleic acid in their LDL particles than non-diabetics. This one showed that corn oil, one of the bad fats here, induces changes to cardiac fatty acids and causes di early diastolic dysfunction without altering systolic function. This is a cool study showing how your mitochondria uses different fats, monounsaturated fats, saturated fats, polyunsaturated fats, trans fats, and essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but PUFAs equal cell death. The mitochondria cannot really use these polyunsaturated fats. So Dr. K. Shanahan always says, PUFAs go poof. They oxidize. So always remember that. Poofas go poof. It's a good way to teach a client. Here's a list of them. This is what we want to avoid. And I want to make one thing clear because I know Dr. Pompa's thinking about this. It's the processing of these seed oils, these omega-6 fats that make them bad. Not all omega-6 fats are bad for you, but it's the processing, the high heat, the chemicals, the detergents. And typically, most of these oils are going to be found heavily processed. So that's the list right there. When I go to, when we go eat at restaurants, what do they serve at restaurants? All of these bad fats. There's, even at the fanciest restaurants, they're using soybean, canola, etc. And I always request to cook with these. These are the ones we want to replace them with, if you're still taking some photos here. This is the, these are stable, saturated fats, and 
and uh, monounsaturated fats. These are much, much more stable. Of course, you want to make sure the olive oil, the avocado oil is not cut. But here's what I always do. I tell the server, and I learned this from you, Dr. Pampa, that we're allergic to vegetable oils. We're allergic to seed oils. Can you use any of these? Versus, I prefer not to have vegetable oils. They're going to listen to you when you say you have an allergy, but I wanted to make it easy, and I have a gift for all of you. I created a seed oil allergy card. And you could scan this and get it for free right now and show this to your patients, but you simply download this as a PDF and it works like a charm. You show this to your server and it says, Dear Chef, I have food allergies to vegetable oils. In order for me to avoid an allergic reaction, I must avoid everything marked off below. Eight bad facts. Here are the fo following alternatives. They're gonna make, this is official. When you have a card, it's official. <laughs> They're gonna take you serious. So it's seedoilcard.com or you can just scan that. I also have like 20 of them here. So if I see you after we are in conversation and you want me to give you one, I have 20 that I brought with me. Uh, the liver is very important when it comes to keto. The liver, as you know, is a very important detoxification organ. Dr. Carrie Jones could give you a masterclass. I don't know if she's here, but she could give you a masterclass on the liver. I call the liver the soccer mom organ because she does everything for us like a soccer mom. With keto particularly, it's the bile that is required to break down fat and detoxify. And a lot of people have sluggish livers, so I always incorporate bitters for the liver. And these are, are a list of my favorite bitters. They're not carnivore friendly per se, but they are keto friendly. So any of these would be great if you, sus if you suspect that your client has some bile flow issues. They usually have fatty stools and diarrhea when they increase their fat. This could be the fix. Some people need to get on ox bile and HCL. This could be a good starting point. Here are some other ways we support the liver. Coffee enemas, castor oil pack, a PC push, bile salts, as I mentioned, and then getting vitamin C from real food like organ meats. I don't know if you eat organ meats, but yeah, it's good for you. One more process, especially if somebody is a sugar burner and they're going to transition to burn fat and do keto, they're gonna lower insulin by lowering carbs and they lose excess water weight, which is great because they look lighter and feel lighter, but what happens? The kidneys go through this diuresis process and lose a lot of electrolytes. I call it electrolyte dumping. So I came up with this keto camp cocktail where it's just every day for the first 14 days, if somebody's new to keto, they're going to consume water, apple cider vinegar, cream of tartar for the potassium, and some salt. Now, you could always just have an electrolyte mix as well, but I have found this works really well with my students. How do you measure ketones? There are three ways to measure ketones. Beta-hydroxybutyrate found in the blood, acetoacetate in the urine, acetone in the breath. I'm not a fan of urine because when the cells are becoming familiar with using ketones, it will not spill out in the urine and those urine strips will give you a false reading. Breath meters have been hit or miss. There's a good one out there called Biosense, but the one I use is Keto Mojo. How many of you have used Keto Mojo before? Okay, some of you. <laughs> Vince is trying to make a joke, but his mic was off. <laughs> Keto Mojos are now available at practitionerdepot.com. Oh, Keto Mojos are now available at practitionerdepot.com. I think that's what he said. <laughs> uh, here are the optimal numbers. We don't chase ketones, we chase results. We wouldn't want high glucose. Why would we want high ketones? Unless you're doing a long fast. But, 70 to 90 milligrams per deciliters for glucose, 0.8 to 2.8 for ketones. And then I have my students do postprandial glucose testing where their glucose, I don't wanna see over 120 an hour after eating. And then two hours after eating, I wanna see their glucose drop below 100, even better back to baseline where it was before they ate the meal. What we want, don't want for sure is the glucose to go over 140. There's research that shows if your blood glucose, if you're checking with the Keto Mojo or CGM goes over 140, that is going to damage blood vessels. What to do if you're struggling to get into ketosis? There are three scientifically proven ways. These are things that I use with my students who are just struggling to get those ketones. MCT oil, specifically C8 is the most researched one with ketone production and those are three studies right there. Start low and slow, because if somebody has never had MCT oil and you give them two tablespoons, what's gonna happen? Diarrhea, disaster pants, yeah. So low and slow. And then caffeine, if you're a coffee drinker, um, caffeine also showed to raise fr free fatty acids. So you might wanna have MCT oil, slow, 
a little bit of it with caffeine in the morning and that should bump up ketones and of course fasting, but I'm not gonna teach about that. Hey, I wanna take a brief minute to share something with you. For many years, I used to take fish oil and recommend it and I see a lot of people in the keto space overdoing it with fish oil. There are several reasons why I am not a fan of fish oil and why I stopped recommending it to all of my clients several years ago. Number one, 83% of fish oil is expected to be rancid on the shelf before you even consume it. There was also an experiment done. This study was called the Iowa Screening Experiment. This study showed it took 18 weeks to reverse the negative effect of the incorporation of EPA and DHA from fish oil into the cell membrane. Another study found that fish oil increased the risk of colon cancer in mice. Here's the quote. We found that mice developed deadly late stage colon cancer when given high doses of fish oil. More importantly, with the increased inflammation, it only took four weeks for the tumors to develop. Simply put, I stopped taking it, I stopped recommending it. I use a plant-based omega from Pureform. This supplement is nitrogen infused, which preserves and protects it. It has the proper balance of omega-6 to omega-3, and most importantly, it gives you the derivatives, the building blocks, they're called parent essential oils, for you to produce your own EPA and DHA. If you wanna learn more about Pureform, head over to purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4, that is B-E-N, the number four, at checkout, and you'll get $4 off your capsules of Pureform. We will also drop a link for you down below in the podcast notes. All right, let's go back to this episode. Final thoughts. This is the most important part, so I'm so glad you're still here for this part. Neville Goddard, Neville Goddard said, we are only limited by weakness of attention and poverty of imagination. What does that mean? I think it was Emily this morning who spoke about the subconscious mind, right? The subconscious mind is running the show. I can tell you how to do keto perfectly, how to do fasting perfectly. We could teach people how to detox their cells perfectly. But if they don't do the inner work, if they're not inner-sizing, if they're not, they're not working on what I call the mental six-pack, it's only gonna get you so far. So when Neville Goddard said weakness of attention, he's referring to mainstream news, which is fear porn, let's face it, social media, friends, family, coworkers, billboard, billboards, TV commercials, we are bombarded with distractions. And the average person has 60,000 thoughts every single day. And they estimate that out of those 60,000 thoughts, 90% of them are the same thoughts from yesterday, and 85% of those thoughts are negative thoughts, stinking thinking. Zig Ziglar, if you know Zig Ziglar, stinking thinking. And I got news for you. If your thinking is stinking, your dreams are shrinking. It's the truth. So how many of you talk to yourself during the day? Raise your hand. You didn't raise your hand? <laughs> so most of you wrote, put your hands up, but some of you, like Dr. Pompa, did not, and you were thinking, do I talk to myself? I think I talk to myself. I might talk to myself. Of course, we all talk to ourselves, I know you know that. But here's the thing, I talked about weakness of attention and poverty of imagination. Mental activity is not the same thing as thinking. What do I mean by that? Just because you're having thoughts, it doesn't mean you're thinking. I'm, I'm referring to having, being aware of your thoughts, and I'm gonna do an example with you to show you how sometimes the subconscious mind is just running the show and we're not aware. So let's do this together. Silk, you see the word there, S-I-L-K, silk. I'm gonna to count to three, and we're all gonna say out loud, you don't stand up, you're gonna say out loud the word silk five times, so it's gonna go one, two, three, silk, 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 five times. And then I'm gonna ask you a question real quick, right after we do that, and I want you to respond to that answer out loud. You ready? Are you ready? All right, we're gonna say silk five times in a row. One, two, three. Silk, 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 silk. What do cows drink? Who said milk? Be honest. More of you did say milk than you raised your hand. Cows don't drink milk, they drink water. But 
The subconscious mind is on autopilot. That's a silly example to show you that mental activity is not the same thing as thinking. Neville Goddard said, Limit, we are only limited by weakness of attention, which is what we just did, and poverty of imagination. That's why George Bernard Shaw said, 2% of the population think, 3% of the population think they think, and 95% of the population would rather die than think. He was right. Your thoughts also have the ability to communicate with your DNA. This is research from Dr. Bruce Lipton. Those 60,000 thoughts are actually penetrating your membrane and telling your DNA nucleus to produce proteins, good or bad, depending on your thoughts. So if you have 60,000 thoughts per day, if our clients have 60,000 thoughts per day, those are 60,000 opportunities to put the body in a healing anti-inflammatory state. The best biohack you will ever hear of because it's happening every single second. Bob Proctor, my mentor who passed away last year, he said thoughts become things. If you could see it in your mind, you could hold it in your hand. This is the reality. That's why you are the most influential person you'll speak to today. How's the conversation going? If you're not giving your clients vitamin G, it's more important than fish oil or probiotics or vitamin D or any supplement. This is the most anti-inflammatory supplement that you get an immediate response right away. Dr. Joe Dispenza did brain scans on individuals going through his course. He gave them vitamin G and he saw 1,200 chemical reactions take place instantaneously. He saw things like dopamine, oxytocin, GABA, serotonin. The body was in this complete anti-inflammatory state with, gratitude, with uh, vitamin G. I just gave it away. It's gratitude. That's what vitamin G is. It is the practice of gratitude. It is not woo-woo. This is the universal law. What you feed energy to expands. What you appreciate, appreciates. You don't believe me? This woman on TikTok has the truth. Can I play this video real quick? It's like 60 seconds. No sound. Are you able to play it? It's a really good video. She's showing you uh, she's making the case that the reason she has lived so long is because she takes vitamin G every single day. Should we try it again? It's okay if I can't play. It's only 60 seconds. Okay. Here's how it works from the brain component. If you think Ben's being a little woo-woo, this is not how it works. There's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system. Size of your pinky, and it's your selective seeking part of your brain. If we didn't have this in our brain, the brain would short circuit. There's like millions of stimulation every day. We need to have something to filter out the noise. So here's how this works with gratitude. Let's say you buy a red car, a red Ford Mustang. And it, you've been researching the red Mustang for months. You finally buy, buy the car, you're driving home from the dealership, and what do you see all over the place? Red Ford Mustangs. And you're thinking, damn, did everybody buy this car because I bought one? Or were they always there, but now I've activated the RAS to see it? They were always there, but you gave that order to the RAS to now see it. This works the same way with gratitude, or the opposite. If you're focusing on what's not working for you, if your clients are focusing on all the things they hate about themselves, all their RES will see is all the things that are not working for them. But when we shift the bandwidth and the energy to gratitude and all the things that we appreciate, what we appreciate, appreciates. Now the RES saw obstacles and now they're opportunities. The last part here, I'm wrapping this up, is the most important part because I'm always asked this when I am interviewed on podcasts or if I do panels. Ben, what is the number one health tip that you would give the masses? Is it, is it keto? Is it red light therapy? Is it fasting? Is it cryotherapy? Is it not CrossFit? I know you guys don't like CrossFit. I used to own a CrossFit gym, by the way, but I'm not offended. What is that number one tip? It's actually believe that your body's capable of healing itself. Whether you believe in God or not, your body was built to be self-healing. And if you believe it could heal, it will heal. 
If you believe it cannot, it doesn't matter how much keto and fasting you do. Here's the example. I'm going to give you two crazy stories here of what the mind can do to help you and what the mind can do to hurt you or your clients. How many of you have heard of the placebo effect? The placebo effect originated in World War II. Dr. Henry Beecher was working with the Americans and he was in a medical tent working with the US soldiers that were getting bombed. And these soldiers were coming into the tent with bullet wounds, arms blown off. And what were they doing for these soldiers? Giving them morphine to stabilize them so they didn't go into shock enough so they could transfer them to a hospital and save their life and perform surgery. But something happened. They ran out of morphine. And the nurse saw that. She didn't know what to do. So what did she do? She filled up the needles with saline solution, salt water, told Dr. Henry Beecher, I'm giving you morphine, give this to the soldier. Dr. Henry Beecher had the belief that he had morphine. He transferred that belief to the soldier, telling the soldier, I'm giving you morphine, you're going to feel better in a matter of seconds. Gave them salt water, and they survived. How? Harvard wanted to study how this happened, and that's how the placebo effect started. That's the power of the mind. But let's talk about the power of the mind, how it works against us. Football stadium in, in uh, Los Angeles, California. An entire stadium filled with people watching a football game. Two people start projectile vomiting opposite sides of the stadium. Just imagine that, projectile vomiting. They go to the medical clinic at the stadium and the doctor is asking them questions. He wanted to find out, like, what's up with these two people? Why are they projectile vomiting? The only thing they had in common, they both drank soda from the soda dispensing machines. And there was about four or five different soda dispensing machines in the stadium. So what did the doctor think? There's something wrong with the machines. They're corroded, there's copper, there's heavy metal, something going through that's causing people to get sick. So he immediately went on the public address system and told the entire stadium, we have two people who are sick and projectile vomiting. We believe it's from the soda machines. Do not drink from any of the soda machines. What happened next? The entire stadium starts projectile vomiting. Ambulances rushing people back and forth to the hospital. They're now investigating the soda machine. Two hours later, they determine there's nothing wrong with the soda machines. Perfectly fine. So they gave that news to all the sick people in the hospital. Once they received that news, what happened? They stopped being sick instantaneously. There's a story about a person who worked, and this is the last thing I'm sharing before I'm done here. 1960s, I believe it was, a gentleman was working the railroad cart, and he was a railroad, railroad employee. 11 p.m. at night, he gets locked in the cart. All his coworkers are gone for the night, and it's cold. And he is now locked in this cart, he knows at least until the next morning, but it's freezing. So he starts writing messages to himself. Like his mind is starting to panic, saying, you're going to die here, dude. He starts writing messages like, it is so cold, I think I'm going to die here. He's writing this on the wall. This is a true story. 2 a.m., getting colder. I can barely move. 4 a.m., I think I'm about to die. 7 a.m. rolls around. His employees show up to work. They open up the cart, and this guy died. He froze to death. But here's something interesting. The guy that died kept looking at the temperature apparatus and he kept seeing it drop under 20 degrees. But that thing was actually broken. It never even dropped below 55 degrees. But his mind led him to believe he was freezing to death. And that thought created a fact and he died from thinking he was freezing to death. So you think about the power of the mind. You have 60,000 thoughts per day. If we're not using it wisely and for us, it's going to automatically be used against us. So my message is believe. Believe that, hey, you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. God has built your body to be self-healing. We just got to do three things. Identify the interference, remove the interference, and allow the body to heal itself. There's my social media. Thank you guys so much for your energy and your time. I'm grateful for all of you, vitamin D for all of you. Thank you.
I hope you enjoyed that. I had a lot of fun. One of my favorite things to do is speak on stage. And that's funny because I used to be deathly afraid of speaking in front of like three people. Now I'm speaking in front of thousands of people. Um, you could watch the video version, the whole lecture with my slides and everything on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash ketocamp. I also recently gave a keynote lecture at KetoCon along with my colleague, Dr. Mindy Pels. That was also recorded and we'll have that as a podcast episode soon. So stay tuned for that. I'll be speaking at a lot of events this year. So I hope to see you at one of them and give you a big old oxytocin hug. Hey, go get registered for the free Keto Masterclass on Four Secrets to Keto for long-term results over at ketosismasterclass.com. Consider sharing this episode with a friend. Leave the episode a rating and review, and I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.